0: what's up, Uh, Chapo, back again. I think we should start the show by addressing the haters. The haters said that Diane wasn't coming back. The haters said that she was dead. No, the return of Diane, she is back in the Senate. She's making it happen. And you know what? She looks great.
1: Yeah, a lot of people thought that Diane wasn't coming back after a weekend of partying with John Morant. (laughs) But she showed that work and pleasure don't necessarily have to be mutually exclusive. She's come back better than ever. Um, obviously, there are a lot of reporters asking, you know, sort of, you know, just bullshit gossip questions like, you know, are you and Ja dating? Even though they said they're they're just friends, and you know, they're they're obviously taking their time on it. And you know, are you are you dying? Stuff like that. But the moment I saw her soy sauce colored hair,
0: <laughs> I knew she was back. She's thriving. Clearly, she's doing great, and you know, like uh, eagle-eyed watchers of John Morant's Instagram, um, he was he was holding up um, one one of her colostomy bags in the background of an IG video, and yeah. you know, I don't know if the legal get involved, but you know, he's out of the playoffs now. He's got time on his hands. Diane, um, she she's she showing up to the Senate looking like Stephen Hawking, and you know, she's like asking and look like it, it, she's she spent some time away, but she's coming back and she's asking these Republicans. She's asking them some hard questions like. Where am I? Who are you? Is this the River Styx? <laughs> are you Hades? Um,
1: one may say she showed up looking like Stephen Hawking. That's certainly true. I personally found her to have shown up looking like the troll face.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Problem? <laughs> Problem.
1: <laughs> That's what her face looked like to me. She was stroked out. <laughs>
2: She's doing oh, fine. Bro. Don't worry about it. Your hand is supposed your your index finger is supposed to be at a ninety degree angle to the rest of your hand. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> she's awesome.
0: You know, Felix. I I think you I think I think you had this uh, exactly right. And that like I, I see a lot of people that, once again they're hating on Diane. They're they're complaining about it. They're like, this is a disgrace. She's she's even back in D.C. still missing votes and. Uh, but like here's the th- here's the thing. Everyone, uh, whether it's Joe Biden or Dianne Feinstein, like everyone is always talking about how they want to see these these rotten sort of Vichy Democrats be punished for their like, you know, inability to surrender power or for essentially spending their entire careers basically voting like Republicans until you see them actually be punished. I mean, like, do, do you want Joe Biden and Dianne Feinstein to like retire and spend time, spend, spend the waning hours of their lives surrounded by loved ones? Or do you want them to be, like, tormented in an undignified fashion so that, like, every waking second of their life is just confusion, fear, and pain? Because, yeah. I mean, what do you want here? Make up your mind, yeah. folks.
1: You cannot look at her and be like, oh, this is... She's getting the best of this one.
0: She's having the time <laughs> yeah. of her life. Oh, <laughs> that's a the got that. oh, yeah. She got yeah. us again.
1: Yeah. She's having the best Twilight years <laughs> ever.
0: Yeah. I've I'll been I'll be thinking about watching, watching the... <laughs> watching them wheel her around is uh, so sort of, I have the, the John Cougar Mellencamp song Jack and Diane stuck in my head and just the chorus oh yeah life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone <laughs> here's a little ditty about Chuck and Diane <laughs> long after the thrill of living is gone um, I don't know if you got like uh, Ken Klippenstein did that. Did, like he, like he sort of like uh, he posted the names of all of her, all of, the, all, of the, all of her staffers, who are you know. Uh, I mean, like I, I, here's the thing. Like I don't know what power they really have over. I mean, what are they going to do? Like force her to retire? Like I don't. I mean, like, I, 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 to, I,
1: I I do I do get his point though. I do like I I, I do I do want to defend him. Like there is like there is something unsavory about like being that person and then faced with like a pretty insane choice. And the choice you make is like, Oh, we're going to wheel this old fucking bag of bones around until I can work for fucking Chris Dodd or something. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're shitty people and I have no objection to them being made feel uncomfortable. The thing is though, is like, that's kind of what every staffer is like. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm faced with the same conundrum as when, uh, you know, it's supposed to feel really bad for the Amy Klobuchar staffers who got, uh, yeah, mugs thrown at them. It's like, well, you chose to work for Amy Klobuchar, you know, <laughs> like every pretty much every staffer is just this person, and they're 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 all pretty much fucking terrible.
0: Yeah, don't get me wrong. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't uh, mad at Ken for doing so. It's just I mean it's. It, It was funny to me to see their photographs, and they're all, like, these chipper 23-year-olds, and then to see the photo of Diane today, it's just... What
2: (laughs) What I don't get is what... Oh, no, Diane finds... I guess the, the critique that you're doing elder abuse, okay, but again, as we discussed, if anyone on Earth deserves elder abuse, it's these people, so... What what is the thing here? No, we need a vital young Democrat from California to do what exactly <laughs>
0: behave? Oh, exactly if it wasn't like for Dianne
2: Feinstein, they sure they'd be holding hearings on Clarence Thomas and he'd be out of the su- Supreme Court by now. Are you high? <laughs> no, they, they, they're not. They're doing exactly what they want to do. Remember when they pulled the parliamentarian out of their asshole yeah. to blame for something? The fact that this old lady is uh, what? Uh, she's, oh, we can't do something because old lady isn't here. You think if there was a young lady, they'd do, they would do the thing and they wouldn't find another reason not to do the thing you want them to do? They will not do the thing you want them to do.
0: I, I want to wait, Matt. I want them to spoon feed Diane Feinstein soft serve ice cream on the floor of the Senate and have her sort of like spit up a little bit and sort of dab her mouth of it as she, you know, like one of those chocolate vanilla swirls. Um, and you know, I think we- they should diaper them. I think they should do uh they should do
2: baby play with our aged legislators <laughs>
1: there's and- always going there's always gonna be like <clears throat> it, <clears throat> it's like in a it, it's like got a little bit of diane's spirit in me just now uh there's always gonna be a little bit of like it, it's sort of like um i would say like an item burden for the democratic party, right. And it's it's like when you're in an rpg and you carry a certain amount of items and suddenly your character starts grunting and can't roll anymore and the the you probably get a little flashy notification that's like you have too much stuff on you you got to drop it and you're <laughs> you're just desperately you're desperately trying to you know throw toss aside sorcerer staffs and robes the democratic party works the same way where it's like um You know, when they have exactly 60 votes, they're like, oh, 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 we're, we're at capacity. We're at capacity. We just can't, we just can't do that. We just can't get to that point. We can't do the public option. Uh, When that number is moved down to just 51 or 52, the, the, uh, the item burden is much lower. Oh, we uh, look, we, we can't confirm those judges. We, we could do exactly this amount of shit. It's you know, there's a million reasons why it's that way, but um you know, they just uh they max out. They have a certain number of spoons that they have. <laughs> you know?
0: Currently all the spoons in the Democratic Party are uh, feeding creamed corn to Diane. Yeah. Uh, no, I know I, I only I only bring up Diane's staffers because I wanted to make the point that um any of the people that uh, any any of these bright young faces uh, and you know uh, or sadistic abusers, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, and none of those people that Ken highlighted I find anywhere near as annoying as this dickhead that was in Politico today. Did you see this piece about like the Diane Feinstein staffer who like did a like protest quit and like smoked a joint in her office or like he took mushrooms and then walked into her office and he was just like yeah. Um, It was the most try-hard bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Can I read you a little bit of this uh, Politico story, guys? Mm -hmm. His name is Jamarcus Purley, and it says here, he had a plan. He was going to expose the truth about what he'd seen, heard, and felt here, an an experience he knew would resonate with other black staffers, and he was going to do it in a way that people wouldn't be able to ignore. It was an act of protest that would create a temporary stir in the normally stayed halls of Congress, but it would help. It would help reveal at least for me a reporter covering a reporter working on a book about post trump Washington a network of undercovered and often marginalized people who make Washington work even if they can 't get to work for them here 's a guy who went to Stanford worked for Diane Feinstein, and then like discovered like oh like she 's actually bad uh, like he decided to have, like uh, make a statement that would really count for marginalized people and it involved um taking mushrooms and walking around the halls of Congress and then filming himself listening to an r b song in her office while he, he basically did lib January 6th, but to his former boss, uh, it says here, uh, Purdy started his half decade of service in Feinstein's office as a staff assistant. In two years, he had been promoted to legisl- legislative correspondent. The mid-level job involved drafting letters to constituents, and over time, Purdy grew frustrated with the work. The official language used in these missives felt patronizing and hard for normal people to understand. He'd begun responding to constituents using his own voice, writing in a way that he felt wouldn't alienate black people. At times, he said his boss would tell him that his job was to reflect the senator's voice, not his own. But Pearlie didn't stop. Instead, he started sending responses without permission. I mean, I like the idea that this guy was like... (laughs) I don't know. He was like responding in a way that wouldn't alienate black people. But like, was he just responding to people on Diane Feinstein's letterhead as Diane Feinstein, but in like AAVE or something. That'd be cool. He had planned to film a video where he would recite the injustices he'd seen and felt working in the Senate. But on the walk over to the Capitol, he had changed the plan. Instead of using his voice, he would simply put on music and smoke a joint while looking directly at the camera. He believed this gesture would work like a piece of protest art, grabbing people's attention on a visceral level making them ask questions about what could lead a person to pull off such a stunt, which he would then enter in detail. Shut the fuck up. Such a, such a a, a (laughs) drug. That's like
1: a drug that like is like less illegal than cigarettes. Now. (laughs) Wow. A joint. Holy shit.
2: Yeah. I guess if he'd taken uh, bath salts and started eating people's faces, then we might be somewhere.
1: Is this like the liberal version of uh, the end of uh, the first matrix movie? Where Neo hangs up the payphone and starts flying.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna wake these people up, Diane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but like, uh, uh, senators and the people who work for them should be abused at all times. And and, and like and and this uh, uh, utterly try-hard, petulant little protest of this asshole who then who then, who then went on to I think uh, uh, work for or contribute to a blog called Dear White Staffers, where it's just like oh, like. Talking about all the, uh, like I mean, it's pretty funny though. He does talk about how Diane Feinstein staffers like touched his hair and stuff like that. But you get what you got. You got the job you wanted. Stop complaining.
1: They touch it. Isn't that like the thing? The one thing you like are supposed to learn if you go to Oberlin. <laughs> like if you if you take away one thing, if you like go go to graduate school long enough, you would hope that you at least don't do that. Like you'd you'd hope that would be the one takeaway. Why even go to grad school if you can't manage not to do that? <laughs> Jesus.
0: Uh, uh, he said that she cared about her dog more than the lives of black people, which, like, I I think is almost certainly true. But like, I could be applied to just the people in general. I don't mean to to both sides it or whatever, but I. Can almost guarantee Diane Feinstein cares more about her dog than almost any human being on the planet, but there is another funny piece, another thing in the piece where he recounts a story about how she mistook Raphael Warnock for Tim Scott. Good Lord! Or, or, I don't know. She mistook, she mistook Tim, Tim Scott for Ra- Raphael Warnock. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, uh, so was it like staffers his age were asking to touch his hair?
0: <laughs> I don't mean, let me find I'm out. stuck. Let's... I'm
1: just stuck on that because it just like I don't know. Like if you're a lib. After like the last, you know, eight years, six years, and you don't know not to do that, like you weren't paying attention at all.
0: Yeah, it says here, things had come to a head two weeks earlier on a phone call with other members of the office. Pearly had let loose, airing his concerns for what felt like 10 minutes. He talked about the co-workers who had touched his hair while he sat at his desk, how the senator hadn't even learned his name or spoken to him despite five years of service to her, how the chief of staff seemed to be operating as a shadow senator since the actual one, in his opinion, was no longer mentally there. So yeah, not not clear who was touching his hair in the Diane Feinstein office, but it's just like... Oh, she didn't learn your name after five years of working for her? Welcome to DC, asshole. I well, I
1: have I have news for you about her kids' names. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that's the thing. It's like I look, it's it sounds terrible. You know, I, I uh the job you did, it's it sounds like it sucked. At the same time though, it's like you know, even if Diane Feinstein wasn't like if her brain wasn't seeping out of her ears, like She's not going to learn your name anyway.
0: Yeah, that's not a possibility.
1: Like, these are not, like, compassionate, nice people.
0: And, like, I I guess, like, his little uh, uh, mushroom sojourn around the Capitol or even, like, smoking a joint at her desk. I mean, like, I guess I could, like, stomach that if it was just sort of a funny theatrical way of quitting a job. And that he was sharing these stories in the spirit of, like, can you believe how funny and stupid everything in D.C. is? That'd be one thing. But the fact that he said that this would be a protest on behalf of marginalized voices <laughs> who are otherwise not not spoken for in the halls of power. Uh. It just. And it's like, this guy went to Stanford. Like, come on.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you went to Stanford, what the fuck <laughs> do you think the Senate is? <laughs> I mean
2: you should have at least like run into some, you know, children of senators in your time there and that should have given you a clue what you were getting into.
0: Well, once again I have to reiterate my support for Diane. I I just just stick stick with it, honey. You're doing great.
2: She can I, I just hope that she she's now she's there in in DC and she just keeps missing votes and she just keeps <laughs> yeah, not showing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs>
0: uh, well, Diane Diane back George Santos soon to be out, can, guys. Can you believe he's just been indicted for a conspiracy to commit fraud by the feds? I mean, like, I, I the the level of persecution that goes on against brave heterodox thinkers is unbearable to me.
1: Is this is this over the dog thing, or is it like just campaign? <laughs> I think it's the, the
2: literally everything. I think it's like thirteen uh, yeah. different counts. They just they got him on every all the shit that people brought up and now they're like oh yeah it turns out all that is illegal you can't do any of that
1: he surrendered. i feel like it's probably like a lot of that is probably like you know the equivalent to a ped test in sports where it's not it's not actually a drug test it's an iq test it's, yeah. you, you know <laughs> yeah did yeah you, did you directly spend campaign dollars which is the biggest iq test in all american politics if you uh, directly yeah. spend campaign dollars you're too stupid to do this if you go legal defense fund or victory fund and then use it to pay for your maid then you're fine
2: he should get in front of the court and he should go your honor in my defense i did not think i was gonna win <laughs> this, yeah. I, this was just another way to to get some money for, uh, illegally and i was just gonna i was just gonna chill and then these idiots voted for me and and now you're you all know who i am and this this is not fair because my only real crime was getting elected to Congress because <laughs>
0: clearly nobody cared about all the other crimes he was doing. It's uh, yeah, 13 counts of wire fraud, money laundering, theft of public funds, and two, two counts of making materially false statements to the House of Representatives. And if you, if you read, if you, if you read up the accounts of these uh, uh, indictments, it's basically, Matt, like, you're exactly right. It, it basically seems like him running for Congress was just a get-rich-quick scheme. Yeah, like that, that, that's all it was. And, it, and like it worked in so, like, in so much as he got all the money he was after. But it was a huge failure because he actually won. Yeah, that was not in the plan. Uh, it says here in the first alleged scheme, prosecutors said he defrauded per- prospective political supporters in December by enlisting a Queens based political consultant described in the court documents as person one to communicate with possible donors on behalf of on Santos's behalf. Santos allegedly directed person one to falsely tell donors that, among other things, their money would be used to help elect Santos to the House, including by purchasing television advertisements. Two unnamed contributors then each transferred twenty-five thousand to a bank account Santos controlled. The prosecutor said Santos allegedly used much of the money for personal expenses, including buying designer clothing, buying designer clothing, paying down debt, and making a car payment. He was just like living month-to-month, check-to-check, off-campaign donations. Yeah, that's... (laughs) I
1: I hate to see him go down this way. I really hate this. If he had just said legal defense fund or something, he would have been fine. I am curious... Does any of the indictment get to how, like, one year he was making, like, you know, $3,000 per year, and the next year he had, like, $7 million?
0: (laughs) Uh, look uh here, in the third alleged scheme, Santos misled the House in public about his financial situation during his two congressional campaigns. The Justice Department said, during his first campaign in May 2020, Santos allegedly overstated his income and failed to disclose the salary he received from the investment firm. According to the indictment for his campaign last year, Santos also allegedly overstated his income and assets in financial disclosure documents, including claiming he received $750,000 salary. From his Florida-based company, the Devolder Organization LLC, as well as dividends, if he is convicted, Santos could face up to 20 years in prison for the top. That's counts. too
1: much. <laughs> That's way too much.
0: Uh, I mean, like, look, do you want, like, we like we started out the show uh, having some fun at the expense of the the cryptkeepers in charge of our democracy, but do you want young people running for office and getting involved in politics or not? Do you, want, that, do you want people with grind set is the real
2: question? Yeah, I think it'd be funny if he is removed from office now because of this, and then they have a, another election, and the Democrats are like, "All right, we 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 lost it. We weren't looking last time. We're going to do it," and then they lose to Bagel Boss. Remember him?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shut your mouth! You're not God or my father or my boss. If only, and then like he, he wins, and then like the, the the day after the election, and like he's won the election. Uh, all the democratic media and staffers are just like, if only there was video of this guy out there. <laughs> if only we had some. If only we had some some Oppo research on this guy, we could have uh, could have won that a winnable seat.
1: Bagel Boss is probably like, he's probably like doing necromancy now, <laughs> going by the usual like right wing ideology pipeline. Like he's pro- he's in Varg's party as a necromancer.
0: <laughs> Uh okay, did you guys watch any of the Trump town hall last night? I mean, no. I I only mean, saw, saw clips was, of it on Twitter. I didn't watch it because I'm not a journalist who's horrified by it. I mean, it. You
1: know what? What was the point of this? I mean, it, it might as well just have been like, oh, Trump exists. Yeah. Did we really have to do this again? Like, oh, he lies a lot, and CNN gate, like they had a. A, uh, Caitlin Collins fact-checked him a lot, but they put him in front of a favorable audience. So, you know, it seemed like they were endorsing his message, and now we're going to write a bunch of articles about how that's bad. Haven't we seen this before? Can we just have anything new?
0: No, yeah, Felix, I feel like I really got the impression that, like, like seeing this and the reaction to it really gave me the impression that, like, Trump could easily win 2024 and become president again, because I feel like we're just, it's, it's this time loop that we're stuck in and like i i didn't know that it was like an audience of only trump supporters which seems i don't know perhaps unethical for cnn to agree to that but hey they wanted the ratings they wanted big donny on tv and they got it. And I'm really enjoying all of the uh, the Monday morning quarterbacking from the, uh, the, j- the journalism quarters about saying like, oh, like they blew their opportunity to fact check Trump or they should have interviewed him like this <laughs> or that. Or like, here's the strategy. You have to keep pressing him. And I'm like, OK, here's what they should have done. The fact that they agreed to have Trump, uh, you know, platform him in this primetime spot in front of a, a sympathetic audience who is, by the way. He was killing.
2: But what do you say to voters who say it disqualifies you from being president?
0: Well, there aren't too many of them because my poll numbers just came out. They went up. Okay. He was killing like Martin Lawrence at Def Jam. Like, it was like they were hooting like an episode of Maury when he was talking about her cat's name was Vagina.
1: The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge wasn't allowed to put that in all of these things. He, but with her, they could put in anything.
0: I mean, <laughs> by the way, he could probably get sued again for the things he said about Eugene Carroll in the CNN. Yeah. Hall. But you know what? Five million dollars. Who gives a shit? He, he's going to do it again. No one cares. Yeah. I mean,
1: I would be more inclined to say that, um, oh, he's definitely going to win again if we didn't have a lot of examples of his electoral acumen. Very recently. I mean, well, you know, how many elections do we have where he's either at the head of the ballot or greatly affecting the rest of the ballot? I Joe mean,
2: Biden. That's the argument for him. Maybe winning again.
1: Right. And it's a strong right. one. its a, I don't
2: it's know, a, man. It, I mean, it, this is an unprecedentedly one. unpopular uh, uh, incumbent who is just ambiently assumed to not be in charge of anything.
1: Okay certainly true and i i you know i think like out of anyone except for harris biden's probably like the worst person they could realistically run to, <laughs> the
2: only one worse than him is his vice president
1: yeah but <laughs> but after seeing last night do you think more or less people are inclined to be involved in the political process yeah i don't
2: know i mean uh, it, it's there there are these countervailing forces like trump he repels and repels these uh the suburbanites but he also attracts uh non-college people of all races it's it there it's yeah, not it's- like just one phenomenon it's like it's two groups of voters responding diametrically in opposite ways and who ends up being uh more important is largely going to Uh, not i don't think really is predictable
1: let me let me rephrase that do you think like okay between biden and between what we've seen trump do and i feel like we could safely assume that trump's you know that desantis is not going to provide any meaningful roadblock probably not
0: uh you say that felix but i have an article uh picked out for today about how Trump is yet to land a glove on DeSantis. Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, Trump's at the weigh-in. DeSantis is in the parking lot doing fucking shadow boxing, jogging after a car. They're not even fucking in the same fight. Yeah, he doesn't have uh, to land a De- single DeSantis glove on DeSantis is
1: like Conor McGregor fighting a bus right now. <laughs> uh, between the two of them, do you see more people who weren't engaged in the political process last time joining? Because I don't. I see less people. And less people absolutely benefits Biden.
2: Well, that is, I say less fewer people, people it definitely helps Biden, but I don't know yet.
1: I feel like it's unambiguously fewer people because there's nothing fucking new here. This is just, yeah, this is everything we already know. Everything I see just indicates lower turnout, which to me unambiguously is... Uh, Puts Biden at an advantage.
0: I would like to uh, like offer a solution, perhaps to any other uh, TV network or any other media institution that's going to have to to deal with Donald Trump and you know plat- the, the sticky issue of how do you plat- how do you platform or not platform an ex president and certainly someone who who seems to be immune to I don't know shame or fact checking or or being scolded by the media and that is like okay the debate should be both candidates should be placed in. What, it, what, what is going? I'm going to be calling uh, a truth cube. A truth cube is like a sort of a, a plexi. It's like a man-sized, like plexiglass, like a uh, chamber, and that there's an independent uh, panel of like real-time fact checkers. And if either the candidate, but like Trump especially, if he says something that is factually untrue, about a foot of water is piped into the truth cube, and then just like you know, if he if, like you know he so he can lie. But after about four or five lies, that water is going to be at, like, chess level. And, you know, if he keeps going, like, there's no escape from the truth cube. And he will, uh, you know, just uh, drown on on national television. Or maybe some and sort it's of... It's also uh,
1: an opportunity for him to uh, show America the skills that had him named at one time the greatest baseball player in New York.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are some... I don't know. I mean, I just, like... Uh, Trump, he's still got... He's, uh, like Just seeing him give, like, a basically a five-minute unbroken monologue in response to his recent conviction in civil court for sex abuse, give a five-minute unbroken monologue about how he doesn't use the bathrooms at Bergdorf Goodman. I just, it, it's got that old Donnie Trump feeling to it. You know, it's going to be, it's, it's a potent mix. It's going to be hard to stop. And I also enjoyed him taking the time to advertise Truth Social <laughs> during his interview. He says, I only use Truth Social. It's much better. Speaking of uh, Truth Social, do you think the fact that uh, Tucker is now going to be doing his show on Twitter, is that like the nail in the coffin of Truth Social as like an alternate uh, social media platform? Parler, Rumbler, all of them. It, (laughs) It really shows that that whole model doesn't
2: work because nobody wants, they don't want that. They don't want a conservative media zone. They want a place where the people they hate are forced to see their posts.
1: Yeah, parlor. they had the one interesting idea out of any of those places where they offered a bounty for, like, a big lib to come over there and, like, you know, get triggered. That showed at least some awareness (laughs) of the problem.
2: They knew what the problem was, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I mean... The more interesting to me is the logistics of the Tucker show. Yes, because I don't know if you've tried to watch (laughs) video on Twitter recently. It can withstand all of about 20 seconds before the video loops and all sound cuts out, (laughs) which I'm sure will not be a problem when the video is an hour long and like five million people are watching it. I'm sure that will be fucking fine. Yeah, there's going to
0: be some kinks for sure. Looking at like a, looking at like a just a single image on Twitter is, is, is a real coin toss these days too. Let alone an hour long TV show. But uh, it, you know, is is, it, is, it, is this a step down for Tucker of being a, doing a Twitter talk show? I mean, he's basically like on our level now. I mean, I know he's got a bigger audience, but it's like he's basically a podcaster now.
1: No one, I mean, I think it's a lateral move. No one fucking watches cable news. He was like the only thing people watched on Fox.
0: Uh he it, it did call uh Caitlin Collins a nasty person. And uh I I uh they did try to pin him down on whether he wants Ukraine to win the war. <laughs> I thought that, that was funny. Um and that he was a big fan of uh it, a lot of the January Six people are probably probably were there. It was a beautiful day for me. <laughs> I just like I just like like it just he like he has proven that he is immune to like any of the things that the media has like cuz you know like outside of fox news like january 6 was like the, the the worst thing to happen to america probably worse than 911 and you know i do i do kind of have to appreciate the fact that like he just completely goes the opposite direction and it doesn't harm him in the slightest i mean i guess that's like what people appreciate about trump is that he has like broken the gravity well of like media you know sort of like media management and containment
2: yeah having to pretend to care about things that like well the thing that maybe that really made me think that uh, DeSantis was not going to have it uh, even before, you know, putting gate and the his in the and the head bobble thing that he does. And he can't stop doing either. Like they, they could tell him not to do that all he want. He's only going to do it more. Uh, but it was when he tried to be based about Ukraine. Uh, he tried to do he tried to talk uh, about Ukraine in the based fashion uh, and like. 24 hours later he had to clarify his comments because none of the uh donors that uh he depends on wanted to hear that shit and if you can't if you can't do that then you really don't offer anything to people who at this point really are only keying off of the the pleasure of defying those
0: dc groupthink opinions sorry just looking at the uh the uh, the piece about how DeSantis hasn't uh, Trump hasn't landed a glove. Trump still hasn't figured out how to land a punch on Ron DeSantis, and it's just like he's forty points ahead of him in the polls. <laughs> what, like, what, you know, he doesn't exactly need to like uh, be throwing haymakers to knock him out here.
2: Well, he hasn't. I mean, how do you how do you say he hasn't landed a punch? The motherfucker won't run. He he won't he won't announce. He's not technically in the arena.
0: Well, just wait. Let's see. I got a. I've got Charles Blow on um, panic over Biden's age is manufactured. I guess we to talk about that because, you know, we started out talking about, you know, 90-year-old people in the Senate, but I'm interested to see what Charles Blow has to say about how uh, panic over Biden's age is manufactured. Well, it's uh, a- panic, what, so he's, he is 80. That's
2: not made up. He's an 80-year-old man who shows, <laughs> who, who is visibly confused in public
0: a lot. So that's just, those are things that are true. Well, uh, you see, Matt, the, the, the panic has been manufactured, and it's been manufactured. The by panic the no- is that he's like
2: a sub-40 approval rating, and he's fucking 80.
0: I was going to say and the like, panic. And,
2: and, and oh, the real panic is this is the end of democracy if Democrats ever lose an election again. That's, that, is the, that is what the Democrats, that is what they have staked themselves to. Any loss is the end of democracy, and you've staked it all on an 80-year-old with a 40% approval rating. Well, th- you are panic, You are freaking out for that very reason. And then you want to you want to say, oh, it's 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 manufactured. It's your own horrified realization that you are on a
0: track to hell and can't get off. Yeah, I was going to say the, the panic has been manufactured by the number of years. Biden has remained alive on planet Earth. But he says here, uh. The relationship between political campaigns, the news media, and the public isn't exactly an interplay between independent actors. It's a web of influence. The dynamic is particularly relevant when it comes to the avalanche of headlines and polls about President Biden's age. Let me say up front that a candidate's age and competency are always fair game in politics. It's not ageist to acknowledge the scientific reality that our bodies and minds decline in capacity as we age. It's not ageist for voters to factor that into their electoral decisions. And aging is individual. Some people appear vibrant at 80 and others worn at 50. But there are also other truths that must be considered. Headlines and polls don't just measure and reflect public sentiment. They also influence it. The persistence of a theme elevates and validates that theme. This brings me to the coverage of Biden's age. It's true that if he's reelected, Biden would be the oldest person we've ever had. But he was already the oldest president the first time he was elected. What changed? I'd he argue get bit- older! <laughs> yes, time moves has- forward! <laughs> What's changed is he's four years older. He's four years me. older! <laughs> when you get
2: that age every year, is like a lot.
1: Something unexpected has happened. Uh, Biden's some sort of time traveler. He's older in 2024 than
0: he was in 2020. Uh, <laughs> I'd, argue that the biggest, the, I'd argue that the biggest change wasn't the simple passage of time, but the decision of some Republican leaders to focus like a laser on Biden's age as the factor weighing against him. In an April interview, the former South Carolina governor Nikki Haley said it was unlike unlikely Biden would make it through a second term. In this year's Republican response to the State of the Union address, Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders of Arkansas noted that she's half Biden's age. So basically, he's so like, so no one, <laughs> no one
1: noticed until Republicans made yeah. it an issue, which no, was totally like, unpredictable. <laughs> Complete, like, who would have thought that anyone, much less the opposition party, would attack him on this?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, he's saying it's like he's saying like, yes. Uh, Biden's age is an issue, and like his, and, and you know, it's not ageist to worry about the competency of someone in their 80s doing an executive, uh, an executive job like this. But he's saying, like, the media's decision to respond to people's concerns about this, or to the Republican Party making it an issue, is what's making this more relevant, and in fact, uh, more, you know, uh, is more of an issue than the passage of time itself. So it's it's not that he's 80; it's that people have uh, pointed out that he's 80. Yeah. And that I the mean, media what are they, well, they you, you're to telling them it. not
2: to do that? You're expecting them not to do that? You're thinking yeah. that your uh, op-ed is going to tell them to stop doing I guess, like, I guess in a sense he might believe that to be true because, like, they're, it, they are all libs and they do all want Biden to win again and they do all think that Trump being president again will be the end of America. So if you are writing for The Washington Post, maybe you have some vision. Hey, if I, if I put this out there, it will remind my fellow lanyards that the what the what the stakes are here and the next time they get an article about how old man biden is crapping his pants during a state dinner they'll uh, up they'll stow it
1: well like okay let's you know let's read him in good faith for a sec and pretend like you know he's not actually old this is just the media is just um cynically boosting stories about this because they're mean or they're bored it it reminds me of uh I I guess Bernie 2020 people who, when they, you know, they talk about Bernie losing from, you know, going from front runner to um, going around the country, talking about how Joe Biden's the greatest. Uh, Well, you know, it was unprecedented. The entire party combined together to defeat us. (laughs) Yeah. If you didn't think they were going to do that, then we were never going to win. Yeah. It's the same fucking thing here. If you think like, how many years of this have we gone through? We're going through it now where we're, we're, we're supposed to be surprised and fucking outraged at CNN. Oh, my God, they did a fucking Trump town hall and they, were, they weren't they as critical as we thought they'd be. You, How much sample data do you have of this? You know they're going to do this. Either come up with something that negates that or shut the fuck up. If yeah, you're going to this is article, what you wanted. This is what yeah. you wanted. You got what you wanted. Now figure it out.
2: I mean, if you are going to write an article, Washington Post article and you're Charles Blow and you fancy yourself an influencer in the, the beltway, what is a more efficient use of your time if you're worried about uh the the Biden ageism uh issue? Uh, writing, "Hey, ambient Americans, stop caring about Trump being old." And and uh, news editors, stop writing about Trump being old. Or just say, Joe Biden, I'm speaking to you. Uh, don't run for president again. <laughs> stop it. Don't do it. I mean, that you, then you only have to convince one person. And then you've yeah. done it. You've solved it.
0: That's the efficient use of your fucking time. It sort of reminds me, uh, Matt, I just recently rewatched um, Steven Spielberg's Lincoln And it's a movie I really like. I think it's a very good movie. But it is funny that that movie was written, directed, produced and distributed for an audience of one. And that was Barack Obama in his second term in office. And the whole point.
2: I don't know. I don't think that's true. I I think that it it was written for everyone on behalf of Barack Obama. (laughs) Okay, like that was Tony Kushner and Steven Spielberg and Daniel Day Lewis and everybody else saying, look, he's doing his best. That was what that movie was for. And yes, of course, that also meant that Obama got to watch it and nod his head and be like, yes, that's right. Thank you. I am like
1: this. What a, what a height to fall from, from doing <laughs> Angels in America to Obungler the movie.
0: <laughs> it's a good movie. I, I, I think it's a good movie. Uh, back to Charles Blow, though. Here's, here's his, here's like, I think essentially what, what he says is at work here. He says, uh, some observers contend that voting for Biden is essentially voting for Vice President Kamala Harris to be president because Biden may not last another term. For Republicans, that notion offers the added benefit of allowing them to campaign against the trifecta of their disdain, a liberal minority and a woman, a liberal who's a minority and a woman. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, no one could. I can't. They're running against his
1: running mate. (laughs) No way. This is unprecedented. But he says usually just totally
0: left out of the campaign. He says, which brings us back to the web of influence. Campaigns elevate an issue. Pollsters and journalists ask whether the issue is having an effect on a race, Stories are written about that effect, and as a result of the coverage, the effect is often intensified. That is the chain of custody for a political attack, but far too often that connection and context isn't made clear. It's often presented as if these types of concerns just spring forth in voters' minds and aren't influenced by campaigns and news coverage. This happens all the time in politics. So what he's saying now is like, I'd like that not to happen this time on this one issue. And also he is implying that no one, no regular person could turn on the TV,
2: look at, uh, Joe Biden on the screen looking just like a melted candle and think, Hey, he's a little old, isn't he? He's, he's, he's the guy with his finger on the butt. Like uh, my grandpa's like 15 years younger than him. uh, And I would not let him drive me to the fucking grocery store. Like they can't have those thoughts. Those are not, or those would never arrive organically in the mind of somebody who looks at uh, Joe Biden on television. It's just inconceivable
0: that they could imagine him to be decrepit. I mean, I think this goes back to like uh, their frustration with Trump and the fact that they obviously want him on their, their channel. I mean, like CNN wants the ratings, but they can't deal with the fact that like he gets to dictate what stories like count to him or like the, the context in which they're talked about. And like, I think for Charles Blow here, he's like, Oh, the media and political campaigns are doing what they've always done, but I would prefer them like, you know, like, Oh, but, we, we like we We want to like blunt it on this issue or sort of like immunize people or the idea that like I think they think that like something becomes an issue when the media gives people like permission to consider it an issue and talk about it, and usually that works to their advantage but now but now that they're like pulling out all the stops for Biden, this issue is coming against them, and they prefer that it go away or like that, that everyone be made aware of this of this dynamic in which like the media has to sort of like uh, yeah, grant permission to the public before their obvious concerns are given voice or considered like a serious political issue or something worthy of uh, discussion on a campaign trail. Uh, he writes, this is playing out again. The idea, that, the idea that voters are worried about Biden's age and capacity has been repeated so often that it no longer requires any proof beyond polling that reflects what respondents have consumed. Reports that they're worried about Biden's age and capacity. That's a real chicken and egg conundrum here. And as Nate Silver, the founder of Five Thirty Eight, who generally believes media should focus more and not less on the health and mental fitness of elected officials, told me via email, it's unclear how much, the age, will, how much age will affect votes for Biden anyway. As Silver puts it, in the abstract, voters uh, raise high levels of concern, but they also did in 2020, and he won both the primary and the general. And his approval ratings, while not great, are roughly in line with what you might expect, given high polarization and high inflation. Breathless headlines have created a sense that worry about the president's age is common knowledge and common sense when, in fact, it is, at least in part, fueled by political manipulation and media complicity. No, he's 80. He is. He's just an 80-year-old man and he's president.
2: People know 80-year-olds. Would they <laughs> want any of the 80-year-olds they know to have that much responsibility? That this is, These are very simple things that that do not require you to to try to auger the the entrails of
0: D.C. groupthink. It's it's basic common sense. Well, once you have polling on whether my grandmother should be driving a car and I see it talked about on TV a few times, then I'll be willing to be concerned. That's all I got in the way of uh, political news. Um, What else is going on? Um, I started watching that show, The Good Doctor, because everyone on Twitter was sharing clips of it. Is it good? You know, I got to say, it's not nearly as horrible as I thought it would be. Well, it's like, just I, House, but he's autistic yeah. instead of a pill head, right? <laughs> yeah, it's literally the creator of House, David Shore. And I actually like, I've watched like eight episodes of it in the last like two days because, primarily because, you know, House is one of my favorite TV shows. And it's just one of those like pleasant, I, I understand why so many old people like this show because it just gives me like the like beat for beat, character for character, like music, music, title sequence, everything. It is just House. And it gives me that. That pleasant house feeling, except instead of Hugh Laurie's sardonic putdowns, is this like you know how how shall I describe the good doctor? Um, it's like Data from Star Trek if he wasn't friendly. There was a a good episode where he uh, has to treat a, a severely autistic patient, and the parents are very impressed that uh, that, that their that their son's doctor is also autistic. Until it comes time for him to perform surgery, and then they're like, "Um, in no way, shape, or form are we going to allow <laughs> this doctor to cut open our son because we've been living with him for the last fifteen years." But you know, it's it's pretty good. Um, it's just uh, it's like uh, Richard Schiff is in it. There's like a little too many flashbacks to like uh, there's sort of like flashbacks to him as a kid, where it's like he's he was inspired to become a doctor because like uh him and his brother their alky father like uh <laughs> killed his pet rabbit in front of him and that he couldn't save the rabbit and then his brother like slips on a train car and breaks his neck and he couldn't save his uh, brother either and he's just like i tried to save my rabbit and my brother it did not work they are dead <laughs> but yeah there's sort of like flashbacks to how he got his autistic superductor powers and it was when his, him and his brother like ran away from a home and lived in a box car together but you know other than that it's uh it's sort of like it's just like uh nice it's like it's sort of like because uh, he's 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 a, a billion times like harder to relate to and be in the same room with as house m d who's like an asshole but you know he's a, a charming sort of rakish wit, but he's sort of like not mean or his meanness is only a result of his uh you know uh brain and not um his just his 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 charming uh, good looks and intelligence. I think it's cool that the show also uh, takes pains like whenever they're like trying to uh, assuage a patient that their doctor is autistic. They're like, oh, he's not just autistic. He's a savant, too. He has photographic memory in case you were worried.
2: If he's if he's a surgeon, why why not just have him not talk to any of the patients? It just seems like it's an unnecessary uh, point of conflict to have him coming up and being like, hello. Uh, I can't make <laughs> eye contact
0: with you, but I'm going to do a good job on your uh, uh, organs. Well, because he at least this is when the show starts, he's a surgical resident, so he has to do rounds. And I, I believe his one person said, "Being you have to be able to communicate with people." But you're right. Like, I mean, let, let another doctor communicate, and then like it's like a relief pitcher. Just bring him in, to take out the kidneys or whatever. I mean, yeah. If 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 if, if people insist on uh
2: you know, talking to their surgeon before the surgery, which, I mean, come on. You're not going to be able to tell if they're good or not. Get over yourself. They should just, like, have an actor come in. <laughs> and, and like, make a lot of eye contact and be very reassuring and, and and confident. And then just let the let the autism doctor
0: do his job, which is cutting people open. You know, but, like, that's... This is a really good idea, because, like, I... Most doctors are pricks, and I don't find them very reassuring. But if they had some nice, handsome person who is just an actor who, like, I don't know, knew the terms or could be coached in certain ways to, like, answer your questions and reassure you. But then once you go under, it doesn't really matter who's rummaging around in my chest cavity. It's always good at their job. Yeah. You need a figure that has the same relationship Howie Mandel
2: has to the banker on Let's Make a Deal. (laughs) 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 comes in and is very reassuring and is like, so what questions do you have? And you ask this very nice professional performer and he's like, okay, let me ask. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Okay. So I just spoke to your surgeon. You know, like that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, they could have an earpiece in and like the doctor's behind like a two-way mirror and it's just like they they give you the relevant medical information that you need to communicate. But, you know, uh, do you want an actual doctor or George Clooney portraying a doctor comforting you? Because, you know, like, I mean, if I'm going to die on the operating table, I want to be thinking about George Clooney. Absolutely. Like in the middle of the surgery, you wake up
2: and for a second you're horrified, but then he takes down his <laughs> a mask and he says, uh, we got to rob the Bellagio again. And before you know it, you're sliding down a rope into the safe and then you open it and God's there. Yep. <laughs> and he's a, he's a Chinese acrobat. Yep. And he says, you you did a good job. And then, and then you just will get to watch the Watch the fountains for eternity. So I'm a, meanwhile, pro- uh, you know, in real life, uh, the autistic doctor, uh, had a freak out because, uh, uh, somebody uh, misquoted a, uh, a uh, Powerpuff Girls episode, and he just ended up ripping your uh, heart
0: out like a fucking, uh, like the cord on a a pull mower. <laughs> yeah, but as long as I enter eternity thinking I'm in the Bellagio with with David, exactly. And Casey as long as you're part of Mac, Ocean's yeah.
2: crew, what what other, what better way to end than that? Definitely so, money well spent for your family.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it with a good doctor. I would like us to. Uh, do some TV episodes about... I, I really want us to do a Ted Lasso episode because I've never seen even a second of Ted Lasso, and I'm really I'm really interested to see what it's like. I watched one
2: episode on a plane, uh, and it was gr- gr- off-putting, gross, <laughs> unappealing. Uh, yeah, the whole vibe is very... And apparently it gets worse as it goes. It gets more smug and cloying, and uh, it gets more fixated on like waterboarding you with uh, positive messaging and, and life lessons as it
0: goes along. I'm I'm slightly lying. I did, I did see a clip someone shared on Twitter the other day where it was like, it was the lads and they're like, they're having locker room talk, but it's all like locker room talk about, Hey, like when you take a picture of a bird with your knob and her gob, like, uh, don't send it to the, the reader's wives section of the slag bag. You know, like, that's that's toxic. Don't do that. And they were like, "Oi, bro, I never thought of it that way. But, you know, yeah, life lessons, life Life lessons. (laughs) Don't send your ex-girlfriends into the Reader's Wives section of Spunk magazine. It's fascinating because, like, presumably the people who watch
2: these shows like that, they already have absorbed all of those lessons. They're perfect humans. They know what the right thing opinions to have are, what the right etiquette is in all situations. So presumably what they enjoy about watching a show like that is just imagining someone else watching it who doesn't know those things and then just fantasizing about them being turned into a version of them by exposure to Ted Lasso, like
0: the fucking Borg. <laughs> well, resistance to Ted Lasso is futile. We got to get... Okay, wait, Okay. When wait, if Trump fails the truth cube, uh, like in, in lieu of dying or being drowned uh, in, in, in public, I think he should be able to watch an episode of Ted Lasso and become a better person. That is true. Nobody has even
2: suggested that Donald Trump watched Ted Lasso. I do remember uh, who was it who said that Mike Pence should. Uh, oh, right, it was when Mike Pence got booed at Hamilton right after the election, and people were saying, <laughs> "No, he needs to see Hamilton." <laughs> and you know what? He did. He did. Uh, you know, risk getting lynched for not signing off on trump's alternate electors plan and maybe that did come down to him having been exposed to
0: uh some percentage of hamilton we don't know uh did you guys catch i mean i i i barely followed the uh the eugene carroll trial the 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 he, like the lawsuit trump just lost but i did see like that clip of his deposition where he's talking about the uh I think I grabbed him by the pussy line, and he said, "Like, fortunately or unfortunately, it's the way it's been for millions of years. Fortunately and unfortunately,
2: <laughs> and fortunately no, millions for of years the men, unfortunately for the women. I do like, I I do like the the for billions of years, <laughs> for millions of years, for millions of years. Like he's stars. a sexual harassment judge, Holden. <laughs> From, before mankind was sex, pussy grabbing, awaited him."
0: there was always there was pussy pussy awaited him the ultimate the ultimate the ultimate cash the ultimate
2: ultimate dealsman
0: (laughs) it's the best deal you can get i i I mentioned to say like okay so like he's he lost the sex abuse case which is like a five million dollar judgment like i i i don't i mean it is it is funny to think about a guy running for president who's been convicted in civil court yes of you know sex abuse uh i the new york case about um the, the Alvin Bragg case like we talked about that I, I don't know how that's going to go I am interested about this pending case in Georgia where apparently like all of the witnesses have already cut deals which is always a good sign for Trump that seems like a harder case for him well to the be. Georgia
2: case did seem that was a deal where he just admitted to crimes on recording and everyone heard it he was just saying please find me 10,000 votes I mean that's that's not you can't do, you're not allowed to do that I mean unless they let him but that's uh, I don't know. It kind of feels like they're slow walking everything and just
0: hoping he dies before they actually have to do anything difficult. Yeah. But as, as we talked about in the Charles Blow thing, slow walking, I mean, the time moves forward for everyone. So as they're slow walking and hoping Trump dies, I got I got I got to say whatever dr- drugs Biden are on doesn't seem as good. I don't know. What, what drugs do you think Biden is on to keep him alive? Felix, you have to have
2: an opinion on this because I don't know. I don't know enough about uh prescription drugs to know what he's on.
1: Uh I don't haven't we talked about this before? Like Vivans and Percocet.
2: Okay, yeah, you said that's the combo. So that's like to 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 manage the ups and downs? Is that how that works? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean he's probably yeah, he's probably on like a modified version of the hospice cocktail with like some sort of controlled upper.
0: He needs uh he needs the limitless drug. I I got nothing else for the day. Should we leave it there? Yeah, let's finish. All right. Until next time, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Sucking on a chili
2: dog. Sucking on a chili 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 dog. Chili dog. Sucking on a chili dog sucking on the dog sucking on the chilly dog chilly sucking on